Welcome to the Be Your Soul podcast. I'm your host, Sky Bradshaw. Today we are diving into art as a passionate meditation, and each of the three segments dive a little deeper into the topic. So be sure to listen through to the end for helpful tips, tools, and guidance on how to do the work. In the Skylight segment of today's show, we get to chat with artist and owner of Deli Marquette Art, Ebony Smith. Before we connect to the Unclouded Heart segment for spirit messages of wisdom, let's invite ourselves to become present in this moment within our body, mind, and energy. Take a moment to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. And in through your nose and out through your mouth. And as you breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth, invite your body to relax, 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 relax. And as you move into this space of complete relaxation, we open up our energies to the ancestors, loved ones, and friends to come together today to heal and guide us and lift us to the highest version of ourselves in the light of the universe. So we may hear what we need to hear, know what we need to know, connect how we need to connect, and be what we need to be for our highest and best good and the highest and best good of all involved as we open up space to give and receive. Art as a passionate meditation. I'm going to start this segment with a quote from today's guest, Ebony Smith. When you own a piece of my art, you have in your hand a part of my heart and soul. To me, when I create or when I behold other artists' creations, I feel this so deeply. Art usually begins with inspiration, which allows us to tune into the passion in our heart. Then the creation process begins, allowing us to become part of the art through our dedicated love and attention to it. Finally, it's born into this realm and energy of its own while still being of us and from us. This sacred process allows for our passionate, loving heart to be exposed over and over again. It is the ultimate form of vulnerability. I also want to remind people that art can be anything, and anything can be art. I think what defines art to me is the process I just described. You can bake a pan of delicious macaroni and cheese, and it be art if you create it in inspiration, passion, and loving intent. As someone who does a fringe-style art, I also realize that we have to recognize that other people's perceptions or critiques of our art are not ours to take on. Since art is the visual depiction of the energy of our heart, it's going to match some people contrast with others, and be neutral to some. That does not lessen our passion, measure our art, or take away from our personal experience with the art itself. 
Since the neuropathways and energy systems of creation energy and intuition are the same, it behooves us to tune into that artistic side of ourselves without judgment. So, I suggest you try to do something each day with artistic intent. If you allow yourself to tune into the energy of the process, then whatever comes out of it will be a piece of your heart and soul, and therefore, beautiful. Production of the Be Your Soul podcast is made possible in part by Tarot by Sky, because it's your future. Tarot by Sky offers intuitive tarot and energy healing sessions, as well as life coaching, classes, spiritual guidance, and more. Offering sessions via Zoom, email, phone, or in the office in Greensboro, North Carolina, Sky is ready to help you turn change into growth. Book your session today on the web at tarotbysky.com and find her on Facebook and Instagram at tarotbysky. Today, we are honored to welcome artist and owner of Deli Marquette Art, Ebony Smith. Ebony is an artist who specializes in geometric visual art and mandalas, whose art is inspired by the sun, the moon, stars, history, ancient art, flowers, geometry, colors, and more. She's also a lifetime dancer and has a background in psychology and is a licensed chemical dependency counselor. Welcome to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I am a huge fan of your art. I insta-stalk you all the time and watch what you're doing. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) We're really, really glad to have you. Today's topic is art as a passionate meditation and how self-expression through art can be a tool for self-care. And I really love the saying that you have, when you own a piece of my art, you have in your hand a part of my heart and soul. And I just think that that is a beautiful way to describe art in general to people. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm a firm believer as art being a valuable tool when it comes to self-care and self-awareness. No matter what style of art it is, I think it it helps us tune into ourselves and 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 nurture ourselves in the, in that way. How how do you feel about that? What's your take on that? So I completely agree with you. Um, in addition to being an artist and a dancer and working in psychology, something that's really important to me is is meditation. And I incorporate meditation into my art. So one thing that's really nice is with art, you get a chance to really reflect and feel and just be when you're creating, whatever you're creating, no matter what medium that is. Um, and that's that's really nice. And another another really cool part of art is that you kind of get to tap into this other part of yourself. So there's like a like a, a little creative side or it's like almost like a, a portal to another another part of yourself. And I think that's really important to tap into. And it can be very meditative. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's so it's it's fun, it's <laughs> relaxing. Um, you get to connect with yourself and other people. Um, right. You get to express yourself. Like it's just that, and that's all meditation is. is. I mean, I've had people 
tell me, you know, cause I like to do meditation where you're, you're sitting and quiet and, mm-hmm. and breathing. And some people ask me, Oh, how do you, how do you do? I can't do that. I can't turn my brain off. Mm-hmm. And so something I say is, do an active meditation. You don't have to yeah. sit there to meditate. That can be dancing. It could be mm-hmm. walking. It can be doing art. Um, so I absolutely agree with you. Like that's that's self-care, that's meditation, it's expression, and it's so beautiful. Yeah. And I do sequin portraits. And so that is like one sequin at a time, one bead at a time over and over in meditation and oftentimes in prayer as well. And so it opens up those pathways in a really big way. And so even though it looks like me sitting at a table, you know, stitching what's happening on the inside of me and what's happening in my connection to the divine and my connection to myself is just this amazing channel opening up for me to know myself and know my world around me and know, you know, what I'm working with. So it's, yeah. I love projects like that. So I have my, you know, um, paintings and drawings, but those craft projects, those are so <laughs> great too for that. So it made me think of that when you mentioned the the sequin um, pieces, those repetitive things, it takes a lot of like focus and patience. Like what a great way to practice patience <laughs> um, in, a, in right. a, you know, a project like that. Yeah. And an actionable, you know, like in a, in a intentional act of, Mm -hmm. of patience and intentional act of passion and intentional act of meditation comes forward in art. So I think that your art is meditative as well as passionate. How do you blend those two in a balanced way or, or do you, do you feel that you do that? And then what do you think are the benefits of having both of those energies together? Yeah, that's a good question. So I guess the easiest way to answer it is I don't, I I don't try to do anything. (laughs) It kind of just, everything just flows, which I think is part of the beauty of it. Um, But I think part of that is the passion. Um, When you're creating, sometimes you lose that sense of, am I, am I doing this or am I doing this? You're just doing, you're just Mm -hmm. being. And I think that's a demonstration of of passion. That's just you going off of your intuition, off of feelings, off of just what looks or feels right. And that's that's passion to me. And I think something else that's important is that I have always been a creative person since I was a little kid. And so I think naturally that's just my my passion. So I don't really have to try or put a lot of effort into those creative projects as opposed to someone who maybe is more analytical and they have to think, okay, how do I, how do I get into my creative Mm -hmm. space? Yeah. I find that really um, beautiful and interesting because, you know, when you're creating the mandalas and like I said, you know, I'm watching all your reels (laughs) (laughs) because it's so fascinating to me how um, you create that you would think that it would be a more logical mind, the straightness of the lines and the the you know balance equilibrium and everything and and that's why when i was thinking of the you know of this topic and who i wanted to talk about it with you know that feeling of like you can feel the passion when you see what you're doing mm-hmm. but you can also see that energetic balance of the universe right. in everything that you're doing yes yes absolutely and one fun thing about the mandalas and more geometric shapes that you're seeing is that even though 
you are a little more calculated in terms of where things are going and how they fit into the piece. Um, Cause I create grids and, you know, I, I kind of measure and, and, you know, structure it. There's still also a sense of like exploration in that mm-hmm. and freedom. And I really like the balance of those. So kind of like you're saying, like you're, you um, find this balance within a piece. It's kind of like, how do I incorporate the side of me that is more, you know, like the psychology part of me that thinks of, um, you know, lines, numbers, science, shapes, um, and then that creative side of me that is like, okay, what is the flow? What is the color? Like, how does each piece talk to the other part of it? And that's a that's a something that I really really like in art, which is probably why I specialize in in the geometry or the you know, mandalas and those rep, rep, repetitive shapes, kind of like your uh, sequence is, that's another part of it too. So, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that, you know, that's kind of a, a micro example of like the macro of life. So when we look at that and how we honor both sides of ourselves or balance that feeling of like my want of structure and need of freedom and those things, you know, it, it's a, you know, a visual display of the macro of life of what we're trying, you know, that dance we're trying to do in order to yes. create that balance in a beautiful way. Yes, definitely. And I like how you call it a dance. I I see nature that way too. So I love to to hike and be out in nature and I see it all as kind of like a like a dance performance, there's music, there's, you know, these, it's like a, a choreographed dance. And I, I think that's so beautiful. And that's something that also shows up when I'm dancing too. So I am a retired burlesque dancer. Yes, and so, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and um, so like choreographing a number, it's, it's very similar where it's like, okay, so I have to, you know, fit all of this into a certain time period and do all of these certain things. But, you know, to connect with an audience, you have to express yourself. You have to be passionate and feel what you're doing. Otherwise, it just kind of falls apart. Right. Um, and so, expose yeah. a part of yourself too, like not yes. just physically expose yourself, but your heart is open. And I think your heart is open in art too. When you're really embracing it in that balanced way, then it's, it's that, you know, I know vulnerability is like a, you know, buzzword, but you know, it is that, that vulnerability of just being so with and, and for yourself that you're willing to just be with that and, and then even it with art, whether it's dancing or a piece that you paint, you're still exposing yourself in that way. And you're still offering a piece of yourself up like that quote, you, you know, you yes. have this like here, you know, here I am. I'm not asking you to, to check off that. Yes, I'm good or not good. I'm just showing you a piece of myself and yes. receive it or not. Like it's just here for you. Yes, exactly. I think that's, that's so like that's that's so important with with art is that connection with you know whoever is is viewing it or experiencing it you you're showing them part of you um, and that's why I put that quote in there um, and that also can be very scary mm-hmm. you know a lot of times because that's like vulnerability like you said you are taking a piece of you and sharing that I mean 
you also have the option of just keeping your art to right. yourself. And that's fine. That's okay too. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the people that share it, you know, that that can be scary because you've mm-hmm. opened yourself up to, um, you know, other people's opinions and thoughts and feelings. And that can be, that can be tough, but art is what it is, no matter, no matter what the response is. <laughs> So what would you recommend for people who feel like they're not creative, but, you know, I feel like, you know, just like intuition or energy or anything else about the, the, you know, the human and the soul combination is that we all have it. We just, some people haven't accessed it or some people haven't, you know, um, gotten to that point yet. So what would you, what would advice would you give somebody who feels they're not creative, but yes can benefit from that passionate meditation. Sure. So I love that question because it kind of makes me think of my mom. Uh, So everyone in my family is very creative, singers, dancers, artists. And she is a little more of the, like the business woman. She likes numbers and, and she will always say, I'm not, I'm not creative. I'm not, but I promise you this, this woman (laughs) can draw things and sing like no one else. So I started thinking about that and I it made me think of the way we look at what creativity means. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes we try to put creativity the word in a box and limit what that means, but when I think of the word creativity that can be so many things that are the unexpected creative practices or projects. Um, so I usually encourage people to explore, first of all, try different things. So maybe that's mm-hmm. taking an art class or dancing or just, you know, tr- trying a little hobby um, that's more creative. And then I, the other part of that is challenging what it means to be creative. Right. So like an example I think of is like sports. I'm not a sports person. I know nothing, b- little to nothing about sports. <laughs> but <laughs> when I watch sports, it looks, it takes so much creativity mm-hmm. to think of the patterns and like the plays and the, the organization, like that's creative to me. Right. And most people wouldn't really see it that way. Cause mm-hmm. you know, we see creative as music, dance, art, you know, that's it. But I would, I would encourage people to see things like that as creative. So I would take those two approaches and, and give that advice. Yeah, I agree. Like, you know, I always think of things like cooking or decorating your house. Yes. And, you know, when you, we do things like that, we don't think that about that we're in this creation process, but right. we're literally following the, you know, to me, creation isn't about what, you know, d- the definition of it isn't about what's in your hand. It's about how you approach it. So like yes. you said, with sports, it's like, okay, they're inspired in this way and they're curious and connecting and then yes. they're putting that curiosity into an action. And then from that action comes, you know, a result and like yes. creation, you can do that with a pie or, you know, the colors of the pillows on your couch. So yes. It's like, it's important to take that, you know, monkey mind out of measuring or the definition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. And since I do fringe art, like, you know, the, I don't know anyone else who does portrait sequence you know when when you show up especially you know you're there here I'm an artist I show up to a you know a gallery will you put my art and they're like they don't know what to do with it right there's so many boxes that people have put themselves in is what they believe that it makes it 
really hard to be free in the interpretation of it as well. Yes, you're absolutely right. And that's part of um, that bio um, where that quote is on my website. I kind of do a little, explain a little bit of a background to, you know, a little bit of my journey as an artist. And part of my journey is about breaking through the barriers and misconceptions and um, being free within art. I always wanted to be an artist when I was a kid, but in high school was told by a geometry teacher, you're never going to make any money. So you should go into <laughs> architecture because you're good at geometry. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, be a poor starving artist. But then eventually as an adult, I was like, you know what? Why did, why did I listen to other people? Right. I should have just done it and just figured and it out. And you're working in the end. You're good at geometry and good at and, and art. You're like, both are combining. There's a, right. there's a third way in everything. Yes. Yes. You got to challenge those, those, uh, those uh, preconceived notions and expectations and boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So is there anything else that you would like, you know, any nuggets, anything else you want to bring up about art as a passionate meditation? Um, I would say kind of just reiterating the same things that I, I already mentioned is I really love to encourage people to explore and tap into their creative self and use that as your self-care. Like you, you can take care of your soul by you know, doing um, some kind of creative project. And I'm not going to say what that would be because it's going to be different for everyone. But I encourage everyone to do some self-care, um, find some creativity and challenge themselves. Absolutely. Yes. So I have three questions I ask every guest. Okay. And the first one is, what do you think it means to be your soul? Mm, being your soul. First of all, I love that that phrase. So being your soul to me, it sounds like a an embracing of one's soul. And that's an embracing of both the light and the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and finding the strength within both sides of those. So mm-hmm. I feel like that is being your soul when I think of it. I love that. That's great. So what's one thing you do each day to make sure you get your self-care in? One thing, that's hard to limit it, but. <laughs> I love it. Bring them all then, bring them all. <laughs> definitely drinking a lot of water and eating healthy. I love that. I need that. Cuddling with my cat and reading. I think those are my like daily self-care activities. I need to do those. Nice. So what does feeling centered and balanced look like in your life? Um, Centered and balanced. So that feels like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually feeling uh, fulfilled and healthy. When I feel balanced, then I'm able to have fun in my life. I am able to um, exercise or do some kind of physical activity. I'm connecting with nature and the spiritual um, connection I have. And I am sleeping well. Sleep is very important to me. So that's, 
I feel like feeling and also feeling motivated and calm within all of those activities. That's, yeah. that's balanced for me. I like motivated and calm is like a, like speaking to my heart because I, I want both all the time. I want right? to feel like I'm making growth, but at the same time, like no rush, no fervor, just motivated and calm. Yes, absolutely. That's something I've been trying to do and be more of lately because I'm used to being the person that's go, go, go and filling my calendar. And I have been intentionally slowing down Mm -hmm. and taking more time to just have spaces of emptiness. Yeah. And it's great. (laughs) Because not all movement, I mean, not all action is movement. Like, not like, you know, we might be making a lot of action, but there's not movement happening. You know, we're not moving forward. We might be going in circles. And so when we're, when we approach our actions, our choices, our decisions and intention, then it allows us to remember like, you know, I'm not going to do something to be doing it. I, I, I want it to be intentional and purposeful. So if I break some of those things down, then that gives me space in my world to be present. Absolutely. I love how you describe that. Oh yeah. I think our society is, is we tend to go to the filling time with things and activities. Um, I love how you said it's activity is not movement, right? Always movement. I love that. Yes. A lot of times I feel like it's, the need to do that or the the desire to do that is kind of an escape, um, you know, mechanism, but yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So it was amazing spending time with you. Thank you so much for yes. being a guest. I'm really honored. Do you have anything coming up or anyways, definitely, you know, um, shout out your website or how people can find you to be able to get some of that amazing art. I highly recommend it. You can yeah. just watch the Instagram, guys. The video is so good. <laughs> Thank you so much. You oh need my to gosh. do like ASMR videos while you're doing it. I yes. <laughs> I did one once and my friend was like, oh my goodness, you need to do all of your videos like that. No, just, I haven't done it since then. But yeah, those are fun because I, I love watching those. <laughs> Um, so yeah, my Instagram is a really good place to find me. That's Deli Marquette, D-E-L-H-I-M-A-R-Q-U-E-T-T-E. On there, I have a link to my shop slash website, um, where I sell prints, stickers, magnets. There's also a link to my Etsy on there where I have some mandala designs that can be used for tattoos and that is the best place to find me mm-hmm. right now. I don't have any events coming up yet, but I have some things that are in the works that I cannot discuss yet, but I'm <laughs> looking forward to hopefully doing some things like workshops and um, classes for mandalas and that's close up on the list. Awesome. So we'll definitely all keep our eyes peeled for that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you well, so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm so grateful. And I know that our listeners are grateful as well. And we want to send a welcoming wave of gratitude out to our listeners. Thank you, dear listener, for choosing to connect with us today. Be sure to listen through as the next segment brings forward tools and tips on how to do the work. Production of the Be Your Soul podcast is made possible in part by Little Energies, a children's chakra-aligned oracle deck. 
Little Energies is made specifically for children to learn and support their own healthy energy system. These 24 chakra-aligned oracle cards focus on energy wellness through mantras, exercises, and envisioning. Find more information at littleenergies.com. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-E-N-E-R-G-I-E-S.com. In this segment, I offer tools and guidance that I have found helpful in my practice, and maybe you will too. This episode, we will work on an exercise I call Pause, Reflect, Reconnect. This is helpful to stimulate the intuition, as well as your creative juices, and this process works with both energies exactly the same way. I'm going to tune into the intuitive energy aspect of it and talk about intuitive reception when explaining it. Just know you can insert creative inspiration into the process and work through it the exact same way. Part of the reason for this is that creation energy and intuitive energy use the same pathways within the body and the energy system. It is why most highly intuitive people are also highly creative in some way. Creation energy supports intuition energy, and intuitive energy supports creation energy. So, if you're working on one, you're helping support the other. As with most of my exercises, you'll need your trusty journal and a favorite writing utensil. So let's tune in and allow ourselves to pause, reflect, and reconnect. Just as the creation process in most arts start with an inspiration, the intuitive process begins with a sensation. Usually when the intuition pings us or brings forward a message, it is somewhat incomplete. We get a feeling in one of our intuitions, and our human tendency and monkey mind try to take over. Our intuition says, hey, and then the monkey mind tries to tell the story as to what hey means. This exercise will guide us through receiving those intuitive pings and how we can allow them to blossom into fuller messages. If you've already started the process of an intuitive journal, then you'll be used to paying attention to your intuitive pings. This will help you be less reactive when you receive one. If you're a subscriber to our Patreon, I've added an intuitive journaling exercise to go with this episode that can help you prepare for doing the work. Otherwise, we'll meet you where you are and begin at the process of receipt of your intuitive ping. So... You are sitting in meditation or on the subway, and suddenly you get a familiar intuitive ping. When in meditation, it might be easier to sit with it, but on the subway, it's likely easier to allow the monkey mind to take over. I'll let you in on an uncomfortable truth. You're likely to have more intuitive pings in busy spaces than you are in your quiet, dedicated practices. After all, the intuition is an action energy that presents itself in three ways. One part of the intuition is about cueing us into our sense of safety and security. Another of the intuitions is about our sense of knowing what choices we should or shouldn't make to align with our highest and best good. And another of the intuitions is about sacred energy and prophecy. 
The intuition's job is to alert us as we move throughout our life. That means we have to be able to receive it in a healthy way in times of busy and times of meditation. I like to remind people that anyone can be a monk in a cave on the mountain, but it is much harder to be a monk in an airport. This is where the pause comes in. While it may not be convenient to jot down your intuitive ping while on the subway, you can certainly honor it with a pause, then jot it down when you have a second. This is an actionable pause, not a stepping away from the feeling. So as you feel one of your intuitions cue in, pause and note where you feel it in your body. See if paying attention to where it is in your body brings forward any more feelings or sensations, and just observe it. You can see if any messages come forward without trying to create a story around them, or even trying to make sense of them. Just observe what it is you are feeling, where it is in your body, and anything that comes forward naturally and organically. Then put it away. We don't want to create a story around it, and when we come back to it, it will likely bring more information forward. Then we take it into reflection. We had a ping on the subway. We paid attention to it and observed it. We got to the office. We jotted it down in our intuitive journal. We put it away, had a full day at work, and now we're going to look at it again. This is where quiet time allows us to see a little deeper. We can take five or ten minutes to just sit reading over what we wrote down. Then we tune in to see if the sensation in our body and the feelings we have about it are similar, the exact same, or in contrast. We note if and how they've changed, and then we open ourselves up to ask, what else do I need to know about this? We still don't want the monkey mind to come in and fill the blanks with logic in a story. We just want to allow our intuitive ping to grow, if it will. Then we note those things, hopefully having some additions to what we are feeling, and then put it away again until tomorrow. Just a quick note here. Some intuitions are trying to cue us in with immediacy. Our intuition is coming forward on the subway because we need to know something about when we get to work. That doesn't afford us the ability to be able to put it down until later tonight. I will tell you that you will know if this is the case because your intuition will grow louder the closer you get to the space that it's trying to alert you to. That is when you can open yourself up using the pause and moving into reflect in the moment. This takes practice to not let the monkey mind and fear take over during reflection and turn it into storytelling. So you want to make sure that you use the long process of this exercise often So when there are immediate intuitive needs, you're prepared to receive. Once you've put it down for the night, pick it back up during the morning reflections or when you have your first quiet time of the next day. Read what you initially wrote, read what came forward in reflection, and then see where in your body and feelings these land after a good night's sleep. You can ask yourself, is this a carnal intuition, tuning into safety and security? 
Is it a sense of knowing that is trying to guide me in my everyday path plan? Or is it prophecy, which is trying to help me with something that is coming into my future? Then just tune in to what it feels like. This feels like energy can kickstart the monkey mind again. So you must be careful to stay in the realm of what the energy of it feels like to you. For me, intuitions usually come forward in what I call sounds like energy. For example, if I followed an intuitive ping and it felt like a warm apple pie, I may relate that to grandma's house and think it is having to do with comfort. Then I would follow that feeling of comfort to see what opened up from there. It may be an intuitive ping asking me to nurture myself or pay more attention to my self-care. If I follow that and act on it, giving myself a little extra attention, I don't need to know what would have happened had I not done it. Once we've reconnected, then that will bring the awareness of the intuitive ping into our world. Even if it doesn't tell the full story, we'll have that concept of whatever the message was. And as we go about our day, we'll know if something links with it, asking us to follow our intuition. As with all things, this takes practice. So you will want to touch this exercise daily and likely multiple times a day until it becomes natural. The overall goal of this exercise is we want to receive an intuition, naturally move it into reflection, and then have a sense of self-trust when we connect to it because we've earned it through this process. I look forward to seeing all our intuitions blossom and bloom into beautiful messages that keep us aligned with our highest and best good. May you be well. May you find peace. May you feel blessed. And may you be whole. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Be Your Soul podcast. If this exercise spoke to you, then you'll love our Patreon subscriptions, where you'll find video tutorials, guided meditations, PDF worksheets, and more. It's master-level exercises each month for less than the price of a bath bomb. Patreon is a great way to show your appreciation for the hard work and dedication that goes into bringing these messages to you. You can find all our episodes, our Patreon link, guest information, the virtual classroom, and more on our website, beyoursoul.org.